What's up, guys? How are you? Stat Matt here, the host of Back and Forth, aka Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host Joey G here on the Back and Forth podcast. And we chatted with you all a little bit on Monday about uh, the NBA playoffs. And well, since then, we've had games in the playoffs that have been played and completed, and we've had teams that have moved on into the playoff field, and other teams that are now uh, looking at that second chance of redemption in the play-in tournament to try and get themselves solidify into the playoff uh, field. And quite frankly, I mean, we've had pretty good games. I mean, we Joey and I almost called both games to a T on Monday. Um, we jokingly kind of said that uh, with the Nets and the Cavs, I think eight and a half a little much, and... It proved to be a little much. Seven. <laughs> they won by seven. Yeah. So if you took our advice, um, we'll make sure to link the uh, Venmo and Cash app below. I'm just kidding. Um, no, we're not. Yeah, no, actually not. <laughs> we're actually not. Really not um, a joke. And then the uh, cl- the Clippers and the Timberwolves proved to be I a great I prefer Zell. Z- yeah, Joey's a big Zell guy. Yeah. Um, so um, make sure and make sure to get you all that uh, info that you need. and. Uh, Start getting the we joke about it in the group chat, right? Like all the different direct deposits and <laughs> well, I need it just thanks to Spirit Airlines, Southwest, yeah, was, Southwest, Southwest Airlines is at my door right now with a a pipe. Just pay up. <laughs> I was uh, pay up. That was an interesting travel story. Um, I hate the city of Dallas now. <laughs> done. Joey has Cowboys like, done with the Cowboys. You know, I'm not a fan of them anymore. And. It wasn't personal, but now the whole spirit thing, it's become personal. It was more of like the cow, the, the Cowboys suck, and all they did was, you know, shorten my life expectancy. <laughs> and the Raiders came here, and, you know, was, I, I wasn't going to root against a Las Vegas sports team, so I wanted to root for them. I got a Marshawn Lynch jersey as soon as it was announced they were coming. Um, and I've been a. a I won't say a diehard. I think this last year I was about as close as diehard as you could get, but I've been a pretty, pretty high on the Raiders, pretty much. And it was just so much of that. The Vegas has a team now, but um, Spirit Airlines had recently made my brother Jacob stay in Dallas for like a whole week, and then now they pulled this number on me. So now I just I'm done with the city of Dallas. I don't plan on, don't plan on returning. I was gonna say like for for those that don't know like joey's got a pretty good list of entities that are on what i call his hit list yeah and if you think the traffic situation is bad at allegiant be thankful that the freeway is just right there because at AT at&t man it took like an hour for that whole area to clear out because like the free the freeway's there but it's like a a, i would say a solid mile drive like Mm -hmm. that that hub is a mess because with all in a mile radius you have at&t stadium you have the old Rangers ballpark. You have the new Rangers ballpark. You have a Six Flags theme park there, and you have a, a super mall, and uh, like a whole. And Raising Canes is also there, so there's that too. But um, it's just a, it's just like a whole entertainment hub, and it's just a traffic mess. It's a nightmare. But I'm done with the city of Dallas now, and we just went on a whole little tangent again, like we always do. But um, yeah. I will take I will take those payments for being correct on the eight and a half. There you go. Um, and back then, to where we were. And then the uh, the Cl- the Clippers and the Timberwolves proved to be a good game. We we did kind of warn you guys about that that we felt that that was going to be a good game, a good competitive game, one way or the other. Um, per, I was wrong that the Clippers were going to win. I thought they were. They looked like they were for a little bit. They were leading by six at the end of the third quarter, and I thought as long as they could just maintain, you know, they put themselves in a good spot and. 
you know, if you ask Patrick Beverly, they just won the NBA championship. They so, just did. Yeah. I, to, to give him credit, though, like, people are being a little too hard on him. Like, any other team who would have won that game would have celebrated. Maybe would they have celebrated uh, Patrick Beverly's extent? I don't know. But you had, like, LeBron tweeting laughing emojis. Like, okay, LeBron for one. You're not in the You're playoff. watching from the couch, buddy. <laughs> right. You're watching. You're drinking wine and watching from the couch. And you got to go pick up your kids at school tomorrow at <laughs> 2 o'clock. So uh, Patrick Beverly is, you know, going to be in the NBA playoffs. Um, and the Timber—he's a huge part why the Timberwolves are going to be in the NBA playoffs this year. You can say what you want about Patrick Beverly, um, but he does so many things better beyond the stat sheet. Um, you can clearly tell that his presence there in Minnesota and his presence in the locker room has helped elevate that team to um, get in that playoff position. And he has a—you can ask Matt right here, who has been a Clippers fan all of his life, and Patrick Beverly spent. Uh, a good part of his career in Los Angeles with the Clippers, and you saw how the Clippers the Clippers made their first ever Western Conference Finals under Patrick Be- or when Patrick Beverly was there. Sure, Paul George had an, an incredible uh, season last year, but they were without Kawhi Leonard, and the guy who definitely stepped up a lot was Patrick Beverly, and it was things he he contributed that were also beyond the statue, like I had just previously previously said. So, you know, sure uh, as a fan of the Celtics or a fan of Phoenix are sitting there like, why is a seven seed Minnesota celebrating getting into the playoffs? You know, but that's something they haven't accomplished in a long time. Um, I won't say Minnesota is a, a suffering sports city, but um, at least with the Timberwolves, they, they've had a rough few years. Other than that one, the little stint Jimmy Butler had there, uh, they had not had much success other than Kevin Garnett. So uh, it's easy to look down and be like, why are they celebrating? But um, I'm definitely happy for them, and they're a fun team to watch. Anthony Edwards is a great young player. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns had a rough night, but I don't think that takes away from the amazing season he's had. And, you know, Patrick Beverly had another great night, seven points, 11 rebounds, um, a clutch steal down the stretch. Like, he played a great game, and he was literally everywhere on the floor. And for 33 years old, and I know that's not old, but in basketball that's that's getting there. Um the way he's able to move around and literally just be everywhere on the court is, is insane. So, um, I will, I get, you got to give credit where credit's due and you, you know, let, let the guy celebrate a little bit. It's fun to give him crap, but you know, a lot of people, um, if LeBron won that playing game, you can't tell me LeBron would have just walked off the court and had no emotion. He would have celebrated a little bit. Would he would have jumped on the stanchion and act like he, Won the NBA Finals? Probably not, but LeBron definitely would have celebrated as it would of Anthony Davis or any other professional athlete in his situation. So, you know, just let the man enjoy his moment. Um, and that, that Grizzlies and Timberwolves series um, is definitely going to be very underrated, and I hope it gets the attention it deserves because that is going to be a very, a very fun series. And it kind of sucks because I really like Minnesota. They're a fun team to watch, and I like Memphis too. Um, so I was kind of hoping these teams wouldn't get matched up against each other. Uh, but at least the good part of that is I'm not really going to be upset with who advances because I like both of those teams, and um, I hope at least one of them make a solid run. If it's not going to be Memphis, I hope Minnesota at least makes a, a Western Finals run, and if it's not Minnesota, I hope Memphis at least makes the uh, Western Finals run. Grizz in five. Um, Grizz in five. Probably, but I hope it's, I think it will be the most entertaining five-game series. Yeah. Um, as far as this game is concerned, uh I mean, yeah, obviously it would have been nice for the Clippers to win that game because it would have alleviated um, having to play an extra game in the play-in tournament. But if nothing else, 
you know, I, I think the Clippers, to their credit, have been in this type of position before where their backs are up against the wall. And, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, viewed by many as being on the outside looking in and stuff like that. Um, and they, those are usually the moments that the Clippers have played pretty well. And so maybe this loss kind of opens up the, the eyes of the Clippers a little bit going into whoever they draw in the eight-seed matchup, whether that would be either the Pelicans or the Spurs. I think this, the Clippers are capable of beating both of them, particularly with the game being at Staples, or Crypto.com Arena, I guess. I, I'm used to calling it Staples. Like, yeah. Crypto.com. It, it, it just needs to be. It should have just stayed Staples. But, um, you know, I, th- I think the Clippers are capable of beating those two teams at home particularly, and uh, getting themselves a matchup with the Suns. As for how that matchup goes, I, yeah, I do think the Suns are going to win. The Clippers might be scrappy enough to push it to a six-game series, but uh, realistically, I think much like the Minnesota-Memphis series, I think realistically that's a five-game series, especially um, I, I haven't heard yet. Is I don't know if Chris Paul is going to be available for the opening series, but... Um, he I th- won't, I think. Okay, because I know he was recovering from like a pretty in- significant thumb injury. No, yeah, he's good. If uh, if Chris Paul is available for the ser- for that first round series, it's definitely I think going to be Suns in five. I think the Clippers are scrappy and um, they play hard enough to where they can steal a game from the Suns. But um, I- ultimately, I do think that's a five game series at most, and I don't even know if a sweep would have necessarily surprised me from the Suns. Um, just with how good the Suns have been all year and how consistent they've been. Um, but, you know, the, I think the Clippers, you know, they they have to look at this as um, they get another chance at the playoffs. Um, they can't dwell on this loss too much because uh, if they dwell on it too much, then they're not going to be in the playoffs. They're going to, you know, inevitably get beat by either a San Antonio or New Orleans uh, because, they you know, dwelling on too, too much on, you know, maybe some of the um, antics that they believe Patrick Beverly was up to and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, I think that the notion around the league and this has been no secret for a long time is that, um, you know, Patrick Beverly is out there to get in your head, whether you want to believe it or not, you know, yes, he does produce some stats here and there, but, um, his main job is to get under the opponent's skin. And, um, I, I think moving forward, if the Clippers can block all that out and they can move on from the Minnesota game and prepare for whoever they get in that eight C game, I think Ty Lue is talented enough as a head coach to have his guy f- guys focused in a do-or-die situation, which that eight-seed game's going to be. Um, I, like I said, I think the Clippers beat whoever they get in that eight-seed game. I, I don't feel I don't think they will have nearly the trouble they had with either Spur- the Spurs or the Pelicans that they did with the Timberwolves. Um, quite frankly, neither one of those teams are all too impressive. I think they more so just limp themselves into the playing tournament. So um, I, I think a fo- focused Clippers team particularly one that recently has gotten Paul George back in the lineup, um, is definitely capable of getting themselves into the playoffs, albeit it's going to be against the Phoenix Suns, but at least they can say they got into the playoffs with the roster that they had, the um, you know the fact that they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Well, Paul, Paul George for 95% of the regular season and then Kawhi Leonard for – um, the entire regular season and up still to this point, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's been cleared to play yet. But um, going to be interesting for sure to see to see what the Clippers do in that eight C game. Um, again, I, I'm hopeful that they can get at least get into the first round of the playoffs and give Phoenix a decent series. 
Um, Minnesota and Memphis, like I said, probably an interesting series. Um, I think Minnesota, much like my Clippers-Suns prediction, is going to be kind of similar to like the Clippers where they might steal a game out from the Grizzlies, but um, they kind of are running into, I think, a buzzsaw here with this Memphis team where Memphis, much like Phoenix, has been very focused and very consistent all year. It doesn't matter if Jaw's in the lineup or he's out of the lineup. Um, I know we, we like to joke all the time that ESPN likes to point out the stat of uh, Memphis's record with Jaw versus without Jaw. Memphis is still good no matter how you slice it, whether Jaw Morant's in the lineup, out of the lineup. Obviously, with him in the lineup, they're a much better team, but um, I think the only substance that that stat can hold is the fact that this Memphis team is just as good without him as they are with them, if not any better. And so um, I do think Memphis doesn't have too much problems with Minnesota, much like Phoenix doesn't have many, many problems with uh, whoever they get, whether that be L.A., New Orleans, or San Antonio in that opening uh, round series. And uh, I, I think inevitably on the Western Conference side, we're on a crash course to see a, uh, a Phoenix Memphis Western Conference Final, which I think would be a great series. I mean, you get Chris Paul and Devin Booker against Ja Morant and, um, you know, the the guys that they have over with the Grizzlies, albeit they're not, you know, superstar superstars like a Devin Booker or a, a Chris Paul would be. But, um, you know, outside of Ja Morant, Ja Morant still has a lot of good young talent on that team that can that has proven that they can win consistently and that they can give teams a good playoff series. So, um, I'd be interested to see how that series goes and uh, what happens in that Western Conference final matchup if we got it. And uh, I guess now looking on the other side, the America's dream didn't come true last night, Joey. The uh, the Cavs fell a little bit short and uh, lost to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn now is matched up with your Boston Celtics in the opening round of the playoffs. Boston's going to have the home court advantage. And I believe, uh, according to... Uh, most places in Vegas, Boston is favored to win the series. Uh, well, Charles Barkley said we would win the series, so I think we're done. But Mortgage the house on yeah, Brooklyn now. <laughs> the house on Brooklyn. But, Especially if he guarantees it. You're, yeah. Guarantee. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a really good game last night. I think Cleveland played a lot better. Cleveland started off really bad, uh, and then they kind of just pulled it together a little bit too late um, and just weren't going to get close enough to – to surpass or, or at least come back from Brooklyn. Uh, they got it to within five at one point, uh, but nothing less didn't get the job done. And Cleveland, like I said uh, the other day, just had a, has had a, a really rocky second half of the season after getting Karis LeVert. A lot of people thought that would help elevate their team, including me, uh, but you could clearly tell Karis is still trying to get adjusted into his new team. And I think next year they'll be a much better team, but – uh, right now, they got to focus on who they're going to play next, whether it's going to be Atlanta or uh, Charlotte, which is going to be a very tough matchup. I assume it's going to be um, – not assume, but I could probably bet it's going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they're always been a good second-half season team. And if it's Atlanta, that's going to be a really tough matchup um, for Cleveland. I, I, if it's the Hawks, I really do think the Hawks end up getting that eighth seed, and that would really suck for the Cavs because they had an incredible um, – second half of the season but or an incredible first half of the season they were third in the east or second in the east at one point and now they're going to be out before that out the playing tournament not even get into the actual playoffs so um that would definitely be a disappointing end of a very 
hopeful season with the Cavs, especially how Darius Garland's been playing in the future they're building there. And I still think their future is very bright regardless of how uh, Friday goes for them. But um, I'd like Atlanta winning that 9-10 game. And if Atlanta gets matched up with Cleveland, I like the Hawks. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think a lot of people, including myself, although I did say on Monday that um, I thought Cleveland could win the game, um, it wouldn't have shocked me in the slightest to see Brooklyn win just because they are at home. They've got Kyrie in the lineup. They've got Kevin Durant. Um, they've got basically their full complement of roster available to them. Um, I, I thought if Cleveland was going to win, it was going to be definitely an uphill battle for them. And uh, they, they proved that they are still a scrappy team and um, they can contend with anybody. And I, I do think Cleveland probably gets into the playoffs still. Um, but I, I do think an interesting matchup is going to be um, the Hawks and the Hornets. Um, kind of looking forward um, to... Wednesday night's matchups, um, for in particular, I, I do think that's going to be an interesting game. Um, I, I think I said it on Monday, I think the Hawks win that game, but I think Charlotte also pulls out or you know, also pulls or makes it, I guess, a good game to watch. Like, I don't think Atlanta's going to win in a blowout, much like I don't think the Hornets would win in a blowout. I think having the home court advantage matters here for Atlanta, and I think if Atlanta gets into the playoffs, they could be a team that um, you know could at least give because um, they would be playing Miami, right? Who Atlanta? Yeah, or, or winner of that game? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if Atlanta, like if Atlanta won uh, Wednesday night and then they win the eight seed game, uh, they would because they would play Cleveland. I think they can beat Cleveland, and then they would draw Miami. Atlanta is one of those teams that they might give. Miami an interesting series. Um, I think Atlanta's Trey Hawks- Young will give them. It's just yeah. the three point shooting that the, the the Hawks bring to the table, and the Heat are not a good three point shooting team. Um, and I really do think that if Atlanta gets hot and kind of starts overwhelming Miami, they can definitely do it. I mean, Jimmy Butler cannot shoot the three ball. Tyler Hero can shoot the three. Duncan Robinson has not been making it as big as an impact as he used to, or at least he did, as he did in the bubble. Um, and, and you look at the Hawks, you got um, uh, Trey Young, Herther, uh, Gallinari still with them, um, Bogdanovich. Like, they have four guys that are like, you put them on any other team, they be, they're the best three-point shooter on that team. Um, so I, I think that's just what really makes them so dangerous. And they really have been struggling a little bit to get that full rhythm going. Uh, but in the second half of the season, they were they were eight – People give Boston a lot of credit, but I think Atlanta there's a little bit deserves a little credit too. They were sixteen and twenty five at one point. Where'd they finish? What was their final record? Boston's final record? No, um Atlanta's. Atlanta. They were sixteen and twenty five. Um let's see. Atlanta's final record was let me pull it up here in just a second. I know they at least won forty two games. Um of course it doesn't say right here. Let me just look at standings. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Basketball. Trying to find, I, I know Atlanta did go kind of like similar to like you were saying with uh, Boston. They did go on a pretty decent run. So they were finished 43 and 39. Yeah. So what? That's a 43. I think they went, what, 27 and what, 16, 25, 25. I'm doing math here. 
what 27 and 14 yeah since then like that's a pretty that's a pretty decent run um from where you were i mean being going from 16 and 25 to 43 and 39 is already uh pretty impressive but you know they they, they had a, a very impressive second half and they could definitely make another run this year um and like i said it's just the three-point shooting on that team that makes them uh so dangerous yeah for sure and before we get out of here um any initial thoughts on brooklyn boston your series prediction Celtics and six. So Celtics are going to win. They're going to. It's going to be in Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's not good at home, so I'm not like, oh no, we have. I'm more nervous. Brooklyn coming to TD. Brooklyn's better on the road than they are at home. Hey, Jay Z in the crowd's no no joke at Barclays. I'm just kidding. Um, he tries to be like Spike Lee in a sense. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's Brooklyn's version of Spike Lee. Uh, the, the Nets are like the Nets are like the uh, but like the the Clippers. I feel like have earned. I don't know. I don't know if "earns" the right word, but they've they've have they've gotten that respect in LA, even though they haven't won anything. But right. they've they've clearly been a better team in LA the past decade. Yeah. Um, and the Nets, like the Nets, are just trying to like the Nets will never, the Nets will never accomplish being New York's team. It no. will always be the Knicks. Yeah. And it, you could say the same for the Clippers, I guess. But I, it's just very different because the Clippers don't try as hard. Like they accept that. They know that won't happen, but they just go out there and they do what they need to do, and they've consistently been a a, a very good basketball team the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, they don't try too hard. And you look at the Nets; like the Nets just try too hard to me. And like they they they've been bottom of the barrel. It, if it wasn't for Kyrie and Katie picking the Nets over the the Knicks for God knows what reason, I guess probably James Dolan. So it makes a little bit of sense. They'd still be poverty. Yeah, for sure. They had that one good year with D'Angelo Russell, but like they would still be poverty. Yeah. They, they would still be like the D'Angelo Russell by himself uh, was not going to get that team to a top four seed in the East, especially how the East looks right now. They they would still just be they'd be like um, they'd be like Charlotte. You know, they'd be fun to watch, but they're like they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's where they would be. So. Um, that's kind of the difference between the, the Nets and the Clipper, uh, the Nets and the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, I think, very well understand that they will not be LA's team. But you know what? They still go on and kick the Lakers' ass consistently, and they um, consistently are still a playoff team every single year. I think they've only missed the playoffs like once in the last twelve years. Um, and the Nets are just, yeah, they just try too hard. They just try to be too hip and and whatnot. And I've never met a Nets. I've never seen a Nets fan, honestly. Like I've like I see people who are Nets fans now because they love Katie and Kyrie, which is whatever. Like I, I, I have no problem with players or not players, fans following uh, their players. But I've not seen like a genuine Nets fan. I've seen a Clippers fan. There's one sitting right next to me, and I've seen Clippers fans in Los Angeles before. Um, and I've seen even Clipper fans here. And I, the Clipper fans, you know, make their way down to Vegas for the summer league. But I've not seen a Nets fan. That is the honest truth. I have not once met a Nets fan that is. Genuinely a fan of the Nets, not Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Yeah, when it, when it comes or James Harden, when it comes when to uh, when it comes to the series, I'm gonna say Boston in seven. Um, I have a hard time seeing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving be bounced in five. Um, I could maybe see six, but I do think that the talent level is pretty evenly matched out on this series. I mean, you've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who I think are gonna cancel out. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and then in a series like that I always start looking down the line of who's got the better depth 
And right now, I think Boston's got better depth. I think they've got a guy like Marcus Smart that can come in and contribute. They've got um, they've got other guys on their bench that can come in and um, put in valuable minutes and uh, you know be productive to the to the team more so than I think Brooklyn has. And I think that's ultimately going to be the difference maker. Is um, I, I think the depth really starts paying off for Boston and having the home court advantage is going to matter a lot. I think asking Brooklyn to go into Boston for a game seven and uh, win a best of seven in that atmosphere is a lot to ask. And uh, quite frankly, I don't think they can do it. So I think having home court, having some better depth, I'm going to say Boston in seven, but I'm very interested to see how this series goes over. It's probably going to be, honestly, it's going to be the most anticipated series of the first round, but I think it's also going to be one of the more entertaining ones to watch because of the talent level that you're getting in a round one matchup. Yeah, Brooklyn's definitely not your typical uh, seven seed at all. No, they're like um, they're they they're, they're like they're they were like North Carolina this year. If if you want to look at it, and yeah, that's th- a good way to look at it. Or also, a lot of people, if you would have said, "Hey, Brooklyn and Boston," to get two months ago, Brooklyn and Boston would be that seven and two matchup. You would have thought Boston would be the seven and Brooklyn would be the two. Yeah, that's completely flipped now. Because uh, Boston was able to turn around, and Brooklyn just kind of has been dealing with injuries for the past two months, and the whole. James Harden situation, so we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I do think a good way to, uh, at least that I kind of look at it is, you know, Brooklyn is kind of that unconventional um, seven seed, uh, much like I felt like North Carolina in the March Madness tournament was an unconventional eight seed because it's always, you know, it's North Carolina. You don't usually think of them as an eight seed in the March Madness tournament, much like I think you think, uh, you don't think of the Nets, or you don't see the Nets with having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being a seven seed. You, you think of maybe them playing a seven seed, but you don't think of them being that seven seed. So definitely unconventional for that. But um, in any case, I do think seeding aside, this is going to be a great matchup. And um, you know, if one series in this opening round has the potential to go a full seven, this is probably one that I would point to. Um, even some of the four fives, I don't know if they're going to go a full seven. Like. The Jazz and the Mavericks. Now that Luca has the big question mark as far as if or when he's going to return, he's out indefinitely. So um, I think that uh, that probably makes this a winnable series for the Jazz. My guess is in probably six because uh, Game Six would be in Salt Lake, so that would probably be a really good place for them to close it out. So I mean, yeah, I, I would say Brooklyn Boston might be our only seven game series. Every, everything else, I think, probably wraps up in about five or six. Yeah, I don't think we'll have any sweeps though. No. No, the the best sweep is going to be uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. That's the best oppor- mm. that, That's the best chance we'll see a sweep. Or I think the only other way you get a sweep is if like um, if Phoenix were to get the Spurs or the Pelicans, that yeah. could that could be a sweep. Yeah, that would be a sweep. Um, but if like the Clippers beat you know win that game and they go and play Phoenix, I think Phoenix, like I said earlier, probably wins in five. But in something else, I think the Clippers at least steal a game. Much like you know, Minnesota probably steals a game, and all a lot of these one eight two seven matchups. The lower seed, I think, is capable enough, and they're talented enough to at least grab one of the games, if not more. Right. But we will have more info for you. We'll have the winners of the nine ten matchup on tomorrow's episode of Back and Forth. We'll recap that. We'll have more of our playoff field set. We appreciate you guys tuning in to today's episode of the Back and Forth podcast. You can catch it wherever you get your audio podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the play-in tournament games. And we will talk to you guys a little bit more on tomorrow's episode of the Back and Forth Podcast.